Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, how realistic is the four-day work week? Well, trials are already underway around the world, and the UK is in the midst of one now. In Singapore, we have to bear in mind our approach to work has also evolved in recent years. We're seeing more flexible and hybrid work arrangements, and now the government also plans to introduce new tripartite guidelines by 2024 to accelerate the development of flexible work. But are people still resisting this. Now we're constantly looking for ways to work more efficiently and to improve our work-life balance. But what about our managers? What about companies? What if the question for businesses though isn't so much about whether a four-day work week could work, but if just that employees should have the flexibility to work when they want to, wherever they want to. Well, Sajith Abraham joins us now, Senior VP and GM ASEAN at Salesforce. Hi, Sajith. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Barthi. It's great to reconnect and thanks for having me on. Yeah, nice talking to you again. Here's the thing, Sajith. Your business is cloud-based software, so it would be logical that working from anywhere is something you would advocate. But experts in general have been saying more and more that we should rethink our idea of the workplace in today's hybrid context, a place where work gets done rather than a place you go to work. What do you think? Well, I, th- I think they're right. Look, I mean, the world has changed to come again, right? That's the thing. Well, here we are, you know, we're in this new economy and facing global challenges and complexities, frankly, we haven't even seen before. And if you think back a couple of years ago, we were all working from home. And all of a sudden, you know, in particular in Singapore, as of January, we were learning to get back up into the office, right? Just gradually reopening. So this has really led to a shift in perspective. And people, like you said, instead of seeing the workplace as a, as a place that you get work done, it's really a space for collaboration and connection. Um, what we're seeing is that employees really, really want flexibility. You know, we're hearing from uh, you know, our employees that it's important to have that flexibility. And, and when you think about that, what comes along with flexibility? How do we drive um, engagement? And so we look at this concept of success from anywhere. So that means giving employees flexibility, but also giving them the tools, and that leads to a greater level of engagement, which is also really, really important. So as organizations prioritize flexibility and give employees those tools, it really enables them to determine how, when, and where they're going to work. Let's face it, though, Sujith, while a lot of employees say they want to work in this manner, a lot of bosses aren't too happy about this. How many high-profile CEOs have we seen tell their employees, you've got to go back into the office? Yeah, you know, it, it, it comes down to the point about engagement, though. You know, there's, there's, there are two sides to it all, right? So we see, we see, on the one hand, folks who want to go out there and have a four-day work week and other folks that, you know, come in and say they want to have flexibility. I want to work over five days and not have a fixed set of hours. I think the most important though, thing for these bosses is to think about what is going to keep your employees engaged. If you think about it, over the last two years when people were at home, They changed their lives. They couldn't wait around to see when we were going to go back to the office. And so they set up schedules. They have new, they have new routines. And we've got to figure out how to be able to manage manage through that and help support and remain inclusive, and keep people engaged because that's probably the biggest risk that they face if they don't 
think about, um, you know, how we transition back into this hybrid environment. Okay, so let's talk about remote engagement and collaboration. Because the people who are saying they want their employees back in the office, they usually say that remote work is an obstacle to engagement and collaboration. They they may say that, and um, it would be interesting to understand, you know, where, where they're seeing those barriers. Because I think when you think about... Um, how, how people's lives have changed and empowering them, what we're finding is that they're actually more productive, productive when they have choice. You know, in fact, as we look at um, the, the, these hybrid work environments, we look at how the workplace has changed and we look at, at how we empower them, we find that um, people are feeling more empowered, they're feeling more productive, email rates have gone down and so forth. And so creating these collaborative workspaces where people have a choice and can adjust um, and just, you know, their workplace around their lives has become more increasingly critical. There are some employees, though, who say that they work better in the office. It really depends on what the home situation is like, right? I mean, if you've got a few children and a couple of pets, it might be very difficult to concentrate anyway. It, it does. It depends on every situation is different. I think the key thing is that there is no single work pattern. Yeah. The important thing is for us to really you know, empower employees, listen to them, understand how and when they want to work, and then measure them on output, right? So, you know, what do they want of their work? How, how do they work best? Understanding these preferences are going to unlock, first of all, foremost, uh, better work-life balance, embracing the culture, and being more engaged. We know there's tons of issues out there today with, with just wellness and so forth, and so listening to those employees is important. In fact, we at Salesforce made the decision to switch to four-day operations. So that's not a four-day work week, but a four-day operation. Mm. Um, that means most of our global offices on, on Fridays are actually closed. We allow people to you know, work from home and, and do what they have to do. Um, and it's working. We just ran an, an all-hands very recently in the middle of the week, and we had one of the highest engagement levels ever. We were at capacity in the office, and everybody else had to join online. So we're seeing these experiments and this, this idea of this, this, you know, this circle of listening to employees and responding, really working and, and, and driving that level of engagement. So it tells me that you know, the approach of culture first, policy second, is really the step in the right direction. Mm. How is it that your four-day operations are not working against you? Because wouldn't clients get upset if they can't reach you on a particular day of the week? Well, no. So that's, that's the key, right? They're not, we're not unreachable, right? We're, we're very much reachable. What we're allowing people to do is to actually work from home on, say, a Friday and do focus work, but they're not off. Right. Mm. And what, what makes all that possible is this concept of the digital HQ, which is, you know, what we use is Slack um, is our, our collaboration environment. It allows us to get work done. It allows us to to communicate with our internal employees, with our partners, with our customers. So we we've built this concept of a digital HQ that allows us to engage and drive continuity no matter where we're from. And we, we, we think of that concept as success from anywhere. Mm. But that's the thing. If you're still reachable, chances are a lot of your people end up working anyway. So while it looks good on paper that you've got a four-day work week or just four-day operations globally, ultimately your people might still end up working over time. Well, it depends, right? And that's why we, we let people determine what's best for them. It doesn't mean that you only don't come in on a, on a, 
uh, Friday, for example, if you decide mm. you want to have focus work on a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever day of the week you want, you decide that. And if you think that, you know, going to the office, you're going to have maybe one too many drive-bys that are going to be distractions from you getting your work done. That's up to you. There are many ways also to kind of shut down all of the channels. So the things that you need to be focused on are the channels you engage in and the channels that you might see as as taking away from the outcomes you want to drive, you, you remove them. Let's talk about the process of tailoring policies around individuals. I do know of a lot of HR heads who say it's really difficult to do that. So they're going department by department or they just wait for special requests from particular employees and then think about whether or not they want to tailor those policies around them. What's your approach, though? Yeah, so our approach started off by saying, you know, we, we've, we've been experimenting with, with a concept called flex team agreements, for example. Mm. Um, and that allows teams, for example, to determine how, when, and where they're going to work during the week. So if they want to come in for one day a week, they want to come in four days a week, uh, whatever it is, they put that down, they agree on it. So they have consistently, they're able to drive culture. I think when you manage, you know, try and manage each individual uh, individually, it becomes very, very hard to, to, to scale that. Whereas if you let your teams, if you listen to your teams, you understand what they need, you empower them to determine how and when they're going to work, they're naturally going to select situations um, that allow them, for example, if they're, if they're working with other teams, to collaborate better, but also be able to balance the commitments they've made in their lives in, in ways where they're, they're at home when they need to be. So we believe empowering the employee, listening to them, and running little experiments that allow to see how how the outcomes uh, turn out is the best way to do it, as opposed to just having one sweeping pattern or trying to cater to every individual. We've got to run these experiments and then test and, and see what's working. Right. And it's got to be an iterative process, right? It's okay to admit that, okay, this hasn't really worked out. Let's try something else instead. The thing is, you mentioned culture several times, and usually that's the hardest thing to change within organizations. Any tips on how people can get started on this? Yeah, I, you know, I think first and foremost, it's, it's as I mentioned, it's just listening, right? And I think the other mm. thing, too, is, you know, when you, when you have a very clear understanding of what your culture and your values are, as a leader first and foremost, you've got to set the tone and example and, and, and begin to reinvent, but still make sure you're maintaining your cultures and values, making sure they're represented. And part of that comes with making sure you're maintaining those engagement levels with employees. I think that's one of the biggest things that we've seen is how do you drive that rich rich engagement. So uh, one is listening and empowering. And the second thing is having the tools um, that, for example, the digital HQ concept I mentioned, the idea mm. that you can have a single collaborative platform that allows your employees to be able to connect from anywhere. So when they're connecting, uh, they're still remaining engaged. They're still clear on the company's values and, and, um, and, and the culture and staying connected with it. And then you can also determine with those flex team agreements when people come in, if you're going to do an offsite, if you're going to do a, a volunteer effort, you know, when that will be. You can determine which, where those, when those important moments are and how you're going to engage on them, whether it's work or, or otherwise. And then there are other things you can do, you know, obviously establishing that platform to have that, that digital HQ is fundamental. But the other thing is also um, experimenting with things like async week. So one of the things that we do, um, is is literally every team picks a week during the quarter where uh, we we remove all the routine meetings and so we communicate asynchronously. So it's at it's at my you know at my schedule when I'm when I'm able to communicate when I need to communicate I do that but I'm otherwise free from 
from uh, being disturbed and so forth. And so again, running those experiments, maintaining the culture, but having that digital HQ, that central nervous system that connects everybody is mm. super critical. A lot of leaders have made a point about how knowledge workers tend to learn incidentally. You know, they tend to learn by observation and you need some of these special moments to happen in person. So what you're advocating is hybrid, not fully work from anywhere or work from home, right? That's exactly right. And and th- there's two things you said really, really important on that. The, the hybrid piece, right? Mm. That directly points to letting employees determine when and where, right? Because they're naturally going to say, these are these moments where we do need to be together, but also having that, having that rich collaborative platform so they can make those decisions and determine when those important moments can be and be able to rally around and come into the, into the office when it's necessary, but also at the same time be able to remote, you know, work remotely when necessary is, is also um, key. Now, I have also noticed that some of the managers who say they prefer their employees in the office in front of them usually suffer from a lack of skills when it comes to managing remotely. What's your advice to that particular group of leaders where they are required to initiate all of this and initiate engagement in a digital HQ concept? Well, I think it really comes down to setting outcomes. Right. And understanding what is it you're trying to accomplish and achieve and, and break it down to what are your expectations for your team as a result. I think what you find is when you over over manage and I'm, I'm not trying to make a sweeping um, uh, assessment of everybody. I'm just saying in general, mm. if you start that, you know, if you go down that path of micromanagement, there may be other things you want to be thinking about. You know, what, what is it that's not building the trust between you and, and the employee? Mm. Now, what is it that's preventing you from saying, I've got a North Star out here. I'm going to set that. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to make sure that's clear with my team, and we're going to run at it. And I should be able to see whether you know the team is struggling or not. Ideally, when you're engaging, it's opportunities to coach, to make things better, and you're coming together to decompose what went well, what didn't go well. If it's more than that, I think it's a different scenario. If you're sitting in, in, in if you need your people in front of you because. Um, you need to see what they're doing every single day. Hopefully it's because it's, you know, the type of role that requires that. But if not, I think it's time to rethink um, how your goal setting and thinking about outcomes. Yeah. And learning how to lead remotely as well, because I sincerely believe that's a special skill that all leaders should be learning from now on, at least, if they haven't already in the past two years. Many thanks, Sujit. Sujit Abraham, Senior Vice President and General Manager, ASEAN at Salesforce. Thanks for joining us on Primetime, Sujit. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.